0: Chanted Ears Podcast.
1: Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And I've seen the future. Oh, yeah? But the future is now, so I guess I've really...
0: You've seen the present. Or yeah, the past. I've seen the present. Actually, at this point in time, you've seen the past. I've seen the
1: past, but I think it's the future. So that's And that's what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Time goes in all directions.
1: The future <laughs> that I've seen, which is the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire virtual reality experience.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
1: Coming out of that, that is... And basically throughout the whole thing, that was my thought is, this is the future of theme entertainment. And if this is what virtual reality is today and the direction we're heading, I can only imagine where we go from here.
0: I decided today that I would bring some Disney news.
1: Okay, so you want to... So we're gonna wait until the future to talk about the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All yeah. right. So a little Disney news. So what's your what's your Disney yeah, news this then, week?
0: And then and then the best part was I said I have Disney news for this week before the recording, and then you said what Guy Fieri's restaurant, and I said yeah, Guy I Fieri, hate you. Guy
1: Fieri food dude <laughs> is opening a restaurant it. in Disney Springs.
0: Yeah, called Chicken Guy. Um, so basically they. Specialize in all kinds of different chicken dishes. Everything, according to people, is supposed to be under seven dollars, which is a pretty reasonable price. Right. So it's it's a quick service. Yeah, restaurant. and it's going so, to be at Disney's, uh Disney Springs, right? Right.
1: Disney Springs. Yeah, and so it's interesting because whenever they redid Planet Hollywood and made it the Planet Hollywood Observatory, I believe Guy Fieri did a lot for that menu as well. I think mm-hmm. a lot of his items are on that menu, so, but this is his own separate place.
0: Yeah. It, it sounds kind of. I mean i don't I know say, I, I feel like a lot guy of people hate happened on, a long yeah, time ago a lot ago. of people
1: hate on guy fieri but he's still pretty popular and I, mean, I think people like his food well the one thing they're listing out it's gonna have 22 different sauce options for the chicken one of them is donkey sauce
0: yeah and, but if you have ever watched that, diners drive i guess that's dives, a special sauce yeah that's and then we looked it up before it's aioli which i order on yeah, my burgers yeah it's garlic and, and garlic and it's and mayonnaise, so good yeah right? it, it's a bunch of different things. I Olive just and at that. And I, like was like, lemon. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it sounds really good, that? actually. I would probably have it on a burger or chicken right. and or so, whatever. And they're
1: going to have a sauce slinger.
0: No! I want to talk about the sauce slinger. Okay. Okay, Joe, guess what? What? They're going to have a sauce slinger.
1: Okay, so what is the sauce slinger going to okay, do? Okay, well...
0: I have no idea what this is, but I am picturing they have a gun holster. They have these little guns. They're kind of like Nerf blasters or or super soakers. And then you could just be like, hey, I'll have some super spicy sauce. And they'll be like, yes, ma'am. And then they'll pull it out of their holster. They'll do a little twirl with the gun. And then they'll just shoot it at right at your sandwich.
1: Okay, so like a gunslinger, but with sauces. Exactly. So there's going to somebody roaming around the restaurant just ready to give you any of the 22 sauces at any point in time. Yeah,
0: and you've heard it here first. I think that for the for the opening day, they're going to get Clint Eastwood. To, to <laughs> I be don't one think of the Clint sauce-
1: Eastwood <laughs> would set foot in this place. That's a good idea. Probably have a better chance of Guy Fieri actually being there. I wonder how many sauce slingers they're going to have because I can imagine if it gets busy, you're going to have 30 different people on every end of the seating yelling for sauce. And if you have one guy running, he's just got the... <laughs> shoot the sauce they can just shoot it across the restaurant across the yeah. restaurant so <laughs> <laughs> no it's but it's pretty interesting so that's another good addition to Disney Springs yeah. uh, did it say anywhere if it's taking the place of an old restaurant or if it's a, a new place because yeah. Disney Springs i, I mean didn't
0: see it mentioned in the article okay, yeah, at all?
1: I, I really didn't read in too much detail because Disney, i read the
0: whole article but it didn't say Disney
1: Springs You know recently They went through the whole transformation I think maybe a year or two ago They kind of finally completed everything I think they're still doing A few renovations Um, But yeah so it's interesting That they are still adding new restaurants I know kind of the new NBA experience Is going where Disney Quest used to be So they tore down Disney Quest and they're building that So I'm not sure if down On that end of Disney Springs that They're adding this to it or like I said, if it's taking the place of an old restaurant. But it's good to see that, you know, even though Disney Springs went through that big transformation, they're still kind of trying to keep it fresh and, and add new options.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think it sounds like a place that we might want to check out.
1: Okay, so now we've caught back up to the future, and we're in the present now. But So, again, as I mentioned earlier, this week what we're going to be talking about is kind of our review of the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire Uh, virtual reality experience that is created by The Void. Um, We got a chance to do this when we were in Disneyland about a month ago. So they have a few locations. They have one in uh, downtown Disney in Anaheim. They have one at Disney Springs at Walt Disney World.
0: They have one in Glendale Galleria in Glendale, California, and one in Westfield Stratford City in London.
1: Well, that that one it was a temporary one. Oh, it's temporary. Yeah, so they have another one in temporary. Las Vegas, and then they also have a Ghostbusters one at Madame Tussauds in New York City. That's by the same company of the the Void. So, so basically, what this is, the Void is the company that created it, and the Void is actually an acronym. So it makes a lot more well, sense. The Void it, is
0: also a character in the latest Incredibles.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> but so so, so maybe void, she did it. So the maybe. Void.
0: She opens up little voids to different places. Maybe she's opened up a void to the future.
1: (laughs) Okay, maybe. But the void in this case stands for vision of infinite dimensions. So it makes more sense whenever... Because it doesn't really make sense just calling it the void. But the vision of infinite dimensions, it kind of makes more sense. Because really with virtual reality, you can create any sort of dimension that you want.
0: I guess. It it sounds a bit... Um, optimistic.
1: For no, I mean, you can you can basically create anything. And it's also part of a void because kind of how this is built. So all of these are set up in kind of small shops. Uh, again, we went to the one in, in downtown Disney in Disneyland. So it's a small shop that you're in and there is basically just a a maze. that's just a bunch of blank walls. So you kind of are in a You know, in a voided space, really, that they then project this virtual reality and you interact with. And we'll get into the details of it um, in a little bit here. But some of the things I was researching a little bit of how the company started and a few things I found interesting and kind of explained some of the things now after having gone through it and looking back on it. So it's a relatively new company, they started in 2016. And one of their creators was actually a former stage magician.
0: stage magician. I got you. Easy
1: for me to say. Yes, a former stage magician.
0: So David Blaine.
1: No, it's not. It's not. Oh, this
0: is where Chris Angel's been.
1: Not Chris Angel. No, no, not not a famous magician, but he's he's a former magician. And there was there's a couple other guys. One was Harry
0: Houdini might still be out there.
1: One was a visual um, (laughs) effects supervisor. I've
0: tapped tapped out my uh, knowledge of magicians.
1: So. But it, but it makes sense that, you know, with that kind of background, you know, magic's all about sleight of hand and redirect and making you think you're seeing something you're not. So it makes sense that you know, they were able to kind of build this space and use some visual tricks to make it seem like it's a bigger space and you're walking through things. One of the things that they use is they use curved hallways, which I didn't realize. I'm not sure if you probably didn't realize either. So. No.
0: You noticed a lot more than I did. So
1: they use they use curved hallways, and they project a straight line though in your vision. So it makes it seem like you're walking longer. So you can walk in a curved path, but they make you think you're walking in a straight line. So you can you can walk more How distance. Do you not
0: walk into walls then
1: because the the virtual reality adjusts to always keep you kind of in the middle. So you think you're walking straight, but you're actually walking in a curved line. So they can fill in more space. Without having to actually have to walk that full distance in a straight line. More Jedi mind
0: tricks here. So, but
1: but so this this company (laughs) this company was created in 2016. They actually had the initial plan was to build a steampunk themed theme park in Utah.
0: Um, steampunk themed.
1: Steampunk themed theme park. Now
0: this sounds like something I could really get into.
1: Right. But it turned out it was going to cost way too much money to build a theme park. But one of the key pieces of this was a virtual reality experience. So they decided once the theme park was no longer viable, they were going to put all their efforts into this virtual reality experience. And they created the Ghostbusters experience at at Madame Tussauds. And then Disney actually invested through their accelerator program. They invested in this company. And then that's when they teamed up with Lucasfilm to roll out this Secrets of the Empire everywhere.
0: Very cool.
1: Going into it, so like I said, it, it it's out of location, and the whole idea is you're walking through a maze that's completely blank. The walls, there's nothing in there, and you use the virtual reality to interact. So whereas a lot of virtual reality, you're standing in place and you're kind of tethered to a certain you know radius. You have to stay within you know maybe a ten foot by ten foot square. Yeah, for, the, for the virtual reality to work,
0: you're you're free on this one, and you're wearing basically your computer backpack. You wear a backpack that weighs, I think it was like forty pounds. It was it was it didn't really seem too bad, but it was heavy, so that you can wirelessly walk throughout the experience and not be tethered to right. a wall or anything. So
1: right, exactly. So it's a mix of virtual reality, but then also practical interactive effects because you're actually interacting with your environment and your environment changes based on the virtual reality. So like you said, you're wearing, I think it's, it's kind of like an Oculus Rift headset. I'm not sure if that's the actual um, brand of headset, but, but that's, but that's what you're wearing. But like you said, so you have a headset on, you have headphones so that they're noise canceling. So you can't hear anything except Mm -hmm. your team talking to you. And then you have a vest, which basically, like you said, holds a computer. So it's a little bit heavy, So, But they they kind of drop you in. Ideally, you
0: could hear your team talking to you. Yeah, well,
1: you have to kind of adjust it a little bit to hear. Yeah, I found
0: that once the actual simulation was underway, it was really difficult to hear you or anybody else.
1: Yeah, because you're in a group. You don't go through this alone. You go through with a group of four to six people or so at a time. And they have multiple kind of mazes. So there's three or four groups going through at any given time. Yeah.
0: So, exactly. So, we went through, and then when we when we were finishing, somebody was like screaming bloody murder in one of the yeah, other yeah, ones. Yeah, you can hear
1: people scream because you're right next to each other. So yeah. But I, I will say, I mean, from the beginning, and again, because this is Disney, it's extremely well themed. So mm-hmm. you kind of walk in. There's the pre-show of them kind of explaining what your mission is and what this whole kind of mission is set around is kind of in that Rogue One. Timeframes so to actually have one of the characters from Rogue One giving you the initial mission. So right. you're basically out to steal some sort of secret weapon that the Empire has. Yeah,
0: it wasn't fully immersive in the way that Disney things usually are. I was a bit more critical of the experience than Joe. Like, for example, the people who were working there weren't dressed up. They, I, yeah, I they asked,
1: were. they were dressed up.
0: Not really.
1: Yeah, they they had they had. Um, I don't want to they kind of had like rebel outfits on and things and they call, and they, you know, you, you they had weren't
0: a, true to a character like, well, yeah, I would say, Disney. I mean, they were
1: definitely dressed up. You know, you're, they call you rebel. You have kind of an ID that you sign in on. Uh, yeah. I would say, I mean, yeah, they weren't necessarily like an individual character, but, and again, this is run by the void. It's not run by Disney. Right.
0: But, but I would definitely say, I think it would help the illusion a little bit. I mean,
1: they definitely weren't, um, it wasn't like they weren't in any sort of costume I and mean, they definitely did have an outfit. So,
0: The cat's trying to climb into your lap.
1: (laughs) So, but yeah, so you go in and you, you're kind of told what the mission is. And then you are going to be kind of disguised as a stormtrooper in all of this. Yeah. And then they, and then they go and they take you and, and then get you all suited up. And so all that, you know, takes a little bit of time to get everybody ready. And then you kind of just walk in. To a, a blank room, and it doesn't look like much, but you put on your virtual reality headset, and then all around you, everything kind of appears. You you look down, you can see yourself. You're a stormtrooper. Everybody else that's with you is a stormtrooper. Yeah,
0: you pick a color, and then the color is what color your shoulder pads are on your stormtrooper outfit, which is again is something that I thought. I mean. I think as the technology develops, it will be a lot cooler. I like video games and I play a good bit of them. But the way I was kind of looking at it, I think it was a bit wrong headed like you were looking at it as wow this is so cool where it's going and I'm kind of comparing it to like the video games and the graphics and the video games that I play I think
1: it's just as good as video game graphics
0: well the issue like I couldn't see half of the time when people moved around what color their shoulder pads were so I couldn't tell which one of the stormtroopers were you and you and I didn't know the other two people that we were in there with so it kind of made talking awkward like i i didn't want to go cuddle up or like move behind somebody that i didn't know so i kind of wish that that had worked a little better yeah, it was got like, better I, I think throughout the I experience picked,
1: i i i can't remember i think i picked like blue or something yeah you picked and it wasn't, a very yeah the you, you color black the I color think. yeah the color was kind of hard to see because right. yeah everything's outlined in black and you have your color so that was a little bit hard to tell but what's interesting is it's kind of your actual size though so yes. you were shorter and so i could tell that was you the other people were a little bit taller i mean it actually varied based on size so you could look and see you know it knew how tall the person was it wasn't like everybody you know a lot of virtual reality is the exact same height and then so it's hard to tell so
0: my dream of becoming a titan was squelch. right yeah
1: you're not eight feet tall in this you're kind of you know your normal height what you know which was interesting but yeah i will give you that it was a little bit hard to tell um, Particularly you know, for what, you. Mine was purple, was.
0: and I think it was a little easier to see. But, yeah, it was because you picked, I think... It was either a dark, like, navy blue or a black.
1: Right. So, but like I said, you go in, and it's just... You know, it's amazing. You, you put on your headset and how it just appears. And then you go through this entire mission, and you're actually, like we said, moving through a maze, essentially. And you're moving through doorways. You know, right. like Like, a doorway opens and you walk through it but until you open it you know it's closed and so you can actually so, yeah, go Yeah you can't go Yeah into you it. can go and feel the wall and there what's are there?
0: buttons, there are um, right. seats, there are places where they tell you to sit down and there's an actual, there's, I mean, there's a chair. Yeah, there's
1: a bench there. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a railing at one point and I reached out and the railing was actually there. Like you said, the, there's buttons that are actually it, there.
0: I will say that it was very believable in certain, like particularly certain areas. Um, I was really shocked by my reaction. I think it's very close to the beginning of the like experience where they open up a door And you walk out, and you were walking from inside to outside, and there is a thin, like, catwalk that goes from inside to this, like, moving platform. But on both sides of you, there is molten lava far, 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 far down. So it gives you this illusion that you're standing up on a very, very high place, and my knees went weak. Like, I, I was telling myself, this isn't real, this isn't real, and I stumbled actually onto the platform. Right. And I think,
1: I mean, there definitely wasn't a drop off in real life, but I do think you were on a bit of a raised edge because me is you know, kind of exploring this, I was trying to test the limits of. As usual. Yeah. What what was real? <laughs> um, what wasn't? So, you know, anytime there was a, an, an edge, I would walk and kind of, you know, light. and again, I wouldn't take a full step because again, you know, you're on flat ground, but yet. <laughs> subconsciously you think if I take a step, I'm going to fall off of this and you don't want to do that. So I'm kind of gingerly checking. And when we were on that platform, I kind of touched the edge and it did feel like there was a lip there. Like if like my foot did f- drop a little bit. Now there was one later where there was like an actual drop off and I kind of stepped on that one and it definitely was flat the whole way along. So yeah, so I mean, they do kind of vary the terrain a little bit. Um, and so you're going through this and another thing with the lava. So you're on, uh, Mustafar, I believe, which is where Darth Vader is. I, I'm pretty sure that's the location. Uh, I'm sorry if anybody's a huge Star that Wars fan and I got that wrong, right. but, but I think that's where it is. But when you're there and you're in, you go into the lava, the temperature rises mm-hmm. and you can actually, it actually smells like, you know, lava's is You can feel the fire. You can feel the heat. It's, I loved it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cause I'm basically cold blooded. So it felt, it felt really good to me.
1: Right. But it, but again, it's just another way of of the immersion that they add. So how the virtual reality matches the environment going through it. And then, so you kind of keep moving along the mission and, and in each room you have to, you know, complete a task. So the overall mission again, is you're trying to you know, recover this object that the empire has, but you go through each mission. So again, you're right. You're sitting, you you know, you're flying with K2SO and he's kind of leading you You get out, you you walk through. At one point they say, okay, reach out and grab a blaster.
0: Yeah. And so
1: I was thinking again, because I'm thinking virtual reality, you kind of just have joysticks in your hands. So I was thinking, oh, it's, it's just going to know somehow there's not actually going to be anything there, but you reach out and you grab, and there's an actual blaster there, mm-hmm. and and the blaster actually works. And when you fire it, it it fires, yeah. uh, in the virtual reality world, which I was really shocked by. Again, it's something so simple, yeah. But it was yeah, it was, it was, was it
0: was really cool to reach out and get get your own gun and then be able to use it on the various people who are attacking you, um, and work together as a team to try to defeat them.
1: Yeah, because spoiler alert. It all kind of goes awry, you know. On your mission, you you get discovered that you're not really a, a real stormtrooper, and they kind of well, yeah. they're, they're, there's a we
0: kind of busted that real early on.
1: There's a gunslinger, if you will. Maybe you know we were all sauce slingers here, shooting our blasters, but but yeah, and there's feedback. And then
0: Guy Fieri comes in. It's yeah, very it's, strange. Yeah, it's an odd
1: twist. Whenever he comes in, so but but yeah, I mean, and as you get hit with a blaster, you actually kind of feel that. You get that. You get that feedback coming through and everything. Um, I did try shooting you to see what would happen if, like, I would get be able to, like, actually hit you or get yelled at.
0: Thanks a lot, by you, the
1: way. You can kind of, I mean, well, I, I think I did it accidentally at first because I wasn't realizing where I was shooting, and I thought like you were one of the other stormtroopers that I was firing at, and I kept like shooting, I'm like, why isn't this person dying? And then I realized, oh, it was you. I need to shoot the people over there because. It, it,
0: it, I will say, again. So you tried to commit virtual murder.
1: No, I didn't. I was trying to. I was trying to stop the other stormtroopers. You just happened to look like them because we all were stormtroopers. But this is a point you made earlier with like kind of the limitations of the technology. You do get turned around a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you felt that way or not.
0: I I definitely did. I thought, like I said, I kept kind of losing you, even though you were taller, and it was I could see that. I kind of struggled to find you. And I think that part of the reason why I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have is because I was kind of a bit conscious, like self-conscious about, you know, I don't want to ruin the mission for these people. I don't know. I don't want to accidentally bump into these people. I don't know. Like, I think this would have been a lot more fun. Not that the people we were with weren't cool, but it would have been a lot more fun if it would have been, we would have been with people, other people that we knew. Um, I don't know if you felt that way, but I...
1: No, I was going to say, not really. I mean, I, I think it was enjoyable. I can see where, your point where you were kind of a little hesitant, but I mean, when you're completely... When your vision is all virtual reality and you can't see in the real world, I mean, you're bound to bump into something or, you know, you can't really let that limit you. And I will say, you really can't ruin the mission. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of forces you along. and kind of helps you out. I mean, at one point, you have to kind of play the match game... And for some reason, it's again, it's a little bit difficult because you're in virtual reality trying to look at light up buttons. And I, you were
0: really struggling. I, I got, and I, I pushed I got you the first aside. Couple, yeah, I got the first couple. <laughs> and I was like, "Let me do this." And then I this. messed up.
1: And then K2SO keeps going. Is there anybody else that could help do this? Uh, you see, is there anybody and then else I that can help do it? Because it
0: was basically like, it, it, I think it was kind of like Simon, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. You kind of had a follow the the pattern that they said so i got the right. first few but yeah, yeah it just kept going you were really it just struggling kept going over and over again it made me feel else? good
0: though because for once i was you were struggling with something that i found ridiculously easy and i didn't quite understand why you were struggling but like in real life though not in virtual life it's the other way around every time so
1: again i think it was just the struggle was you're reaching out trying to touch something that's really there but you're looking at it through a screen, so it's just it's just kind of it's that it's that little bit of a disconnect between what your mind is seeing and what your your mind is getting through your your kind of hands, you know. So it's like you got your visual senses and your tactile senses, and kind of when those two don't necessarily go together, um, it's a little bit confusing. Kind of like I said earlier, where you think you're walking in a straight line, but it's actually you're going. In a curved hallway or 90 degree angle. Maybe
0: this is one of the few times that my lack, like you have much better coordination than me. Maybe this is one of the few times that my lack of really super good coordination worked in my favor. Cause I didn't find it that awkward at all. But I don't know. Yeah, and a
1: little bit. And it was just, it was just at some points of it. But, yeah, so and the have, wall
0: part did throw me. I know that there are many parts, p- points in time where I did feel like I was walking into walls, or I wasn't facing the right direction. Like you said, you get turned around.
1: You know, you kind of if you turn quick or something, it is kind of hard to orient yourself because you really don't have anything physical to know. Okay, I came from over there. I need to go over here. So sometimes you hear people talking behind you, and you're looking the wrong way, and then you're kind of oh, where do I need to be? And the door is behind you, and it's like. You, you you know you have to figure out you have to spin around because you're hesitant to kind of walk through when you have this you know m- machine on you and everything and ultimately so you go through the mission and everything you don't want to give everything away but again you know there there's some some firefights uh, with you know some stormtroopers you know some other things happen and ultimately you kind of you end it there's a droid there it at, at the last part it's Looks like R two D two, but he's a different color droid. And then they go, okay, take off your your mask, and the droid's actually there, which I thought was cool because you know mm-hmm. you, again you come in, the droid's there. You can reach out and touch him. You can feel he's there, and then you open up, and the droid's there, and it's like, I, this, wow, how did the, how did what I just saw turn into this blank room?
0: Yeah, I will say that this part kind of was ruined for me because when we walked in there we another room was open and we could see that there was an actual droid, droid in the other room so it wasn't surprising to me at all that, yeah, that droid it really. was actually there um i kind of wish i wouldn't have seen that cuz i think it would have been a surprise sorry guys for spoiling that but uh i think yeah because cool.
1: you yeah because you start kind of on one side and then you end in the room right next to that so you can as you're going in you can kind of see that last room and then again everything is you are kind of weaving throughout but Yeah, overall, I mean, I really liked it. I know you kind of said earlier you weren't necessarily
0: thrilled with it. Yeah, I think it was $40 per person. What was the pricing on that?
1: Yeah, let me look up the price. So overall, it is about, I want to say, a half an hour to maybe a 40-minute experience. It, It maybe takes you a half an hour to go through the maze. Really? Yeah, that I think that's about it. Maybe maybe twenty minutes to a half an hour.
0: Oh wow, I don't remember it being that long at all.
1: Yeah, I think I think overall it, it takes you about that long. And then,
0: are you counting like the before like the prep scenes and oh, stuff? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the, I think the maze itself is probably a good twenty minutes to go what? through. Yeah, so There's
0: no way. Yeah, oh. that, that yeah,
1: that's about how long it takes. So I looked up um, at least at the the one in Disneyland. It's thirty two ninety five a person. And if you buy your tickets online ahead of time, you can schedule a time slot to go, which kind of helps. Because we walked by, we had a time already, we had prepaid for our tickets. So we had a time in the evening. And we walked by Mm -hmm. in the afternoon, and there was a line out the door down the side of the building for people trying to get in. And I mean, there was this cute
0: little cupcake place, and I couldn't tell the difference between, I thought that the line was for the cupcake place because it was over in front of the like in front of their store. I, I can't imagine being that place that owns that, you know, that little piece of real estate and having customers probably getting driven away because the void line is so long. It looks like your shop is busy.
1: Right. Um, but yeah I mean I could imagine if you had to wait in that line you're probably waiting a half an hour, forty five minutes just to get in mm-hmm. to get a spot. So if you if you pre buy your ticket you can get a predefined spot. Now it still could be crowded. You know, we went in at our time. There were a few people ahead of us. So we had to maybe wait five or 10 minutes to get in. But also we went later at night and there really wasn't much of a crowd at all. So I would say if you're going to go probably middle of the day is probably the most crowded is what it seemed like to me. And then towards the end of the night, there's maybe not as many people there because um, a lot of people don't stay real late at the parks. But if you can, if you can pre-buy a ticket, I think that's that's the best way to go. Yeah, overall, it's not you know an extremely long experience. If you're somebody that has tried virtual reality before, and you know a lot of people are worried because they're afraid they're going to get motion sick, or some people can can get nauseated with this. It's not like a very low quality something like you know if you just have uh, a Samsung headset or something at home that you're kind of working with. I mean, this is a professional grade virtual reality. It's very high end. The a lot of the issues with kind of you getting disoriented with virtual reality is what you're seeing doesn't match up to your movements. Mm-hmm. So your body gets kind of thrown off. Your equilibrium gets thrown off. Whereas this, it is synced up like to a T. I mean, it's, it's you know, there's, it's a perfect sync. So your body's not thrown off because as you're moving, what you're doing is what you're seeing.
0: Right. I would suggest also if you're, I, I can, Sometimes I can be a bit dense, so I'm not dumb, but sometimes I can be a little dense and I need to do a little bit of extra studying. Uh, I would suggest that you look up the story before going and like just read the general what what the background is, because I was very confused in the very like pretty much throughout the whole thing. What our actual mission was, what the backstory was, Uh, I found it to be a little You know, a little difficult. So I think I would have enjoyed it more had I been able, been more invested in the narrative.
1: Just gotta pay attention at the beginning better, I guess.
0: I I mean, I mean, I think it's also because I get overwhelmed very easily. So I, I see like, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff. Oh, there's these people around, and then there's a million thoughts in the back of my head. Out on
1: Yeah, you do move. You do move through kind of quickly. It's like they bring you in. They say, okay, pick your color. They give you a, you know, the video kind of runs as you're selecting your your color for your character. Then you move in. They suit you up, and you're out. So it does move quickly.
0: Right. So I, my suggestion again, maybe just read what the background is before. Yeah. Getting so, there. So like
1: I said, it, like I said earlier, it kind of takes place around that Rogue One timeline. So you are going undercover as a stormtrooper. So that's why K two S O is in it, and you're going trying to steal. Um, a secret of the Empire, something that will turn the tide and help the rebellion. So that's that's kind of the backstory. So it's in that time frame around Rogue One, as far as the timeline goes, but it's not the same story as Rogue One because Rogue One was around a similar thing where they're going out to steal the plans for the Death Star. Um, so they're they're kind of that's the secret they're stealing. So it's a similar kind of idea around that, but it's not the exact same storyline. But yeah, I think that, you're right, that would help to kind of have a little bit of a background, because it, it helps explain why you're a stormtrooper, what right. you're doing. It's a
0: bit like reading Shakespeare before you actually read the Shakespeare. I used to do that all the time. I'd read the, <laughs> this might be cheating a little bit, but I would read the spark notes before I would read the actual words so that I understood. Are you understood... allowed to say
1: that as a former <laughs> English teacher? that are you, Can you officially endorse that, reading Honestly, spark notes for Shakespeare?
0: Honestly, I think it's a great.
1: No fear, Shakespeare. That's what you got to do.
0: Um, that works too. But if I were was going to, in college, whenever I took the Shakespeare class, I would actually read Spark Notes and then read sp- Shakespeare. And sometimes I would do it the other way around and try to get it all myself. All right.
1: So but you redeem yourself. I would
0: do both. You would both. I wouldn't okay. just say, oh, I'm just going to read Spark Notes all right. and only Spark Notes. Okay, I would so use Spark I think Notes you to can review keep, as well.
1: You can keep your degree then. Because I was going to say, <laughs> if you like, just read Spark Notes. I don't know. We might have, we might get some college credits revoked here, but you're, you're reading both, so I think we're Right. Okay. I, I
0: just think that the senses of humor are a little bit different. So sometimes Spark Notes will direct you towards, hey, this character is supposed to be funny. Yeah, because and if then you, catch you read
1: Shakespeare more. in the original um, language, it makes no sense at all. So That's if there's not humor true. in it, if there's humor in it, I definitely need somebody to it's explain it to, to me. It's
0: meant to be yeah, acted I, I, <laughs> and
1: not meant to be. Let's just watch it in a play mind. then if it's meant to be acted. But yeah, you're right. I mean, so you're right. It, it's good to have a little bit of a background. I mean, that's my kind of theory on everything. I, um, I'm always big on reading spoilers before I see stuff. I frequently read the last couple pages of a book or, you know, I'll read up. Heresy. Plot synopsis. Because once you know what's going to happen, you can enjoy it on another level.
0: It's like I think it's just part of your control issues. Like you just want you you just want to know everything. If you
1: see a movie the first time and you don't know what's gonna happen and it's a really good movie and then you go and watch it again and then you can see all the little setups that you missed the first time because now you know where they're going and then you're like wow look at all this stuff that they like laid out and laid the groundwork for this twist or this ending. This movie's even better than I thought because I missed all of this the first time, so it, it it's kind of that idea. So yeah, having a little bit of a backstory helps. But
0: the first view in. is for yeah, it's for the surprise. The second view is for right, right analysis. Right.
1: So, but so you are a little. I mean, you you enjoy the experience, but you're a tough critic. So
0: <laughs> I'm hard to please. You're
1: you're trying to be like this. You know, the uh, it's good, but. It's not that lifelike. I, you wanted like holograms I to be like, actually probably hit would you have in the, rather... When you got hit with a blaster, you wouldn't fly through a wall or something. <laughs> you wanted you wanted more realism. I would probably rather been
0: pin trading, to be honest with you. You wanted more
1: realism. So I loved it. I walked out of it and then immediately wanted to go do it again. And <laughs> you're like, really? Like, it wasn't... I liked it, but it wasn't that great. So I was like, all right, I guess not. But I would... I mean, next time we were at Disney... I definitely want to do it again. I could see, okay, you didn't want to do it one right after another. I, That's I would have. I would have went right back well, in because I wanted to explore that world and kind of just explore the space more. Now that because, like you said, once I knew what to expect, I could go through looking for new things. Sound
0: sound like an artist. I really explored the space. Um, <laughs>
1: explore the studio space.
0: Exactly. Now, I, I think that also. I was so focused on trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't exploring like you were and I think that's also part of the reason why I didn't enjoy it as much. I wish I would have walked around and touched walls and touched yeah. the railing and it's touched something... different things. I, I I think that if I would have done that, I would have been a lot more amazed like you were um, but yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, it's The only like... thing I knew was there from the very beginning was the droid because I'd seen it, like I said. Right,
1: so... but yeah, I, I think this is uh, you know an experience that would only get better with repeat um, viewings. Because like you said, the first time you're kind of... You start out and it takes you a few minutes just to get your bearings about how it works, about what you're supposed to do. Because again, you're not used to virtual reality interacting with the real world. If you go through it again, you kind of immediately know what to expect. And then you can, like you said, you can go around, touch the walls more, right. you know what's going to happen. And you're more comfortable having that gear on walking around. Yeah.
0: You're just a bit more naturally curious than I am. Like if, if you see a button, you're like, Oh, what does this button do? And you want to press it. And then I'm always like pulling well, you're you supposed back. to." I mean, a lot of the right, stuff, right, to but I'm saying with, like, so. I think that that really worked to your advantage this time. Yeah. and Not to mine,
1: but overall. And I think why I loved it more than you did one. Again, it was very well done. I would recommend it to anyone. If you're going I think you would I think you would recommend it to people. Well, I think even though, it was fun. Even though you didn't love it, I definitely think it's something worth seeing because I do think it's kind of.
0: I probably would have liked it better technology. if it wasn't Star Wars. I I don't I hate to say that because I like Star Wars, but
1: I kinda wanna do if, the Ghostbuster one now.
0: Right, right. Yeah. That would be cool. But I think that I would get into it more if it was more of an integration into like an animated, like a Disney animated film. For example, if we got into a Wreck-It Ralph somehow and that we were virtually put into Wreck-It Ralph with Vanellope and all of the cool things there, I think that, that would be a super cool application for this technology. So
1: that's the thing. And that's kind of, you know, the last point I want to touch on uh, before we wrap this up today is, like I said earlier, I've seen the future. So with this technology, because it is just a blank room, you can make it anything. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to do, like you said, a Wreck-It Ralph one, or you know, they have a Ghostbusters one, it's just a matter of creating a virtual reality application that fits the space. If they needed mm-hmm. to reconfigure the space, it maybe would take them a month to t- you know, right. you're tearing down walls and rebuilding walls in a different configuration. You could have a new, um, you you could have a new experience every couple of years. So I could imagine that in two or three years, let's say when, uh, well, let's see, the next Star Wars comes out next year. So maybe another two or three years that. This stays Star Wars, but becomes a completely well, new even, it becomes a completely new story.
0: Well, even when we were standing waiting to go in when, after we'd watched the video that filled us in and we'd picked our colors and all that stuff, I was talking to that guy um, who was t- like going to take us back to get fitted for our virtual reality computers and things. And he, I'd ask him how how often do you do this, and he was like, "Oh, I do this all the time." Like
1: himself, like he actually goes right, through he it, goes not just work not there. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And so the the guy that worked there does it all the time, and he said that it constantly changes. They're always updating it. Um, I think he said that, like, before Christmas it was different. It's probably maybe different now.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're always making improvements. But, I mean, mean, they could do a completely new storyline. Because I have to imagine, after a couple years, it's going to get old. You're not going to have – once you start seeing – you know, it start dropping in attendance, it's gonna change. Well,
0: and also especially since what we've talked about before, Disneyland tends to be locals more, so the locals aren't going to be as into it. If you're if it was like right. in an in a location like a Disney World Well it is, so it's the same. Are, so yeah. it's the
1: same experience at all the locations we mentioned earlier, it's it's the same experience no matter where you go. So if you go to Disneyland, Disney World Vegas, but it's it's especially important that they change the
0: Disneyland one up, yeah. So I I see them, yeah.
1: So I see them every few years changing this. But to your point, if they wanted to create, you know, they get another space, they could build a void that's based on a completely different property. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's, you know, having it doesn't take up a lot of a big footprint that you could see this in the parks. As once the cost of the equipment comes down enough, you could see this being a ride almost. That mm-hmm. it's it's not a add-on ticket. That it is, you go in and you have a ride that it deals with this I virtual just, reality. I
0: look forward to that that point because yeah, I so, think that that would be very interesting. And again, I would love to be not a live action. You know, like person i would love to be an animated character
1: right so this is universal related but you know they're building a nintendo world in japan and then it's rumored to come to america as well but there's supposed to be a a mario kart ride that is either an augmented reality or virtual reality ride that so you're going to be in go karts and then you will have some sort of helmet
0: when is this going to be completed by
1: (laughs) well it's they haven't officially announced it in orlando yet but or, or California, just in Japan, but so there, it's going to have you know augmented reality where you see the different characters and you can throw the turtles and things. But so I could see, I could see something like this. And the like lightning this. bolts? Do yeah. you get
0: actual shocks?
1: Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you I, do I, I, I'm not. Sh- I mean, it's not out yet, so I don't know. But like, I could see this technology. I could see how this would apply to a ride of how you could make a Super Mario Kart ride with something like this, or you could make other rides. And my thing is, when I came out of this, if this is what they're doing with Star Wars as part of just a virtual reality experience, I can only imagine the technology that they'll have in actual Star Wars land. I mean, they're talking about using virtual reality and augmented reality to make lightsabers real, to make, you know, blasters look real, that you'll have a helmet, you know, in some sort of, you know, Jedi training and it will appear that you actually have a lightsaber. So I can only imagine in you know two years the way computing works, and you know how much better graphics are going to get. That mm. every few years, like it in in five to ten years, the level of realism with this kind of stuff is just going to be it's phenomenal. Be through the roof. And and you won't need a heavy backpack. It'll be you could wear you know probably all just in a little helmet or a little you know backpack. It's not going to be some fifty pound thing you need on you. You know, they could make a Jedi robe that has it built in
0: probably. Wow. Yeah, that's it, – it, the the, poss- the possibilities are limitless.
1: Right. And that, and that's – and I think that's why I really liked it because coming out of it, it was just pretty yeah. amazing. But Yeah,
0: you were you were doing the visionary thing. I was doing the living in, a, in the moment thing.
1: Yeah, but even living in the moment, like I said, it's great. So, I mean, we would recommend it to anyone. So, if you're heading down to Disney World or Disneyland anytime soon – we up to New
0: York. <laughs> want to go do the Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters one?
1: Yeah, and you're thinking about it. Definitely do it. It's it's well worth. And touch the 30, everything. The thirty, you know, thirty three dollars. Uh, it, it's well worth it. If your kids are Star Wars fans, if you're Star Wars fans, you'll love it. You know, there's some some great you know treats and stuff in there. So, yeah, but exactly. Think that's it for this week. As, you know, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us rate us on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher wherever you get your podcasts if you have a question we didn't um read any listener questions this week but if you have a question that you would like to ask like us to answer you can ask it on facebook at enchanted ears podcast or you can go to enchanted ears podcast.com slash podcast question and check out our
0: instagram too
1: yeah check out our instagram uh at enchanted ears podcast until next week have Have a a magical magical day. day